1: New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle.
2: He dives, and he's in! Touchdown! What is going on, 49ers fans? Welcome to another episode of Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. This week's episode is brought to you by betonline.ag. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for ninersnation.com. And for the first time in a long time, joining me tonight is not Eric Crocker, and that is uh, by no means an indictment on Crocker, but joining me is one Kevin Jones, CEO, owner, um master and in commander uh commander-in-chief whatever you want to call him, of the blue wire network what's going on bro i love the titles yeah those are self-proclaimed titles those Um, are like from the hit man i'm surprised i was even able to get through those
3: i love it man rob no great to come together i've now covered what five no four 49ers drafts the whole shanahan era this is their fourth draft think all the way back to solomon thomas and now here we are tonight. With Kinlaw and Ayuk, d line wide receiver. Excited to break these picks down and be back on you know, on the podcast. Shout out to all the listeners on the speed. I know I've been kind of absent the last month, but back in the fold here to talk draft tonight. It it was a true Kyle Shanahan draft to me. He it seemed like the the, the cards played out how they wanted them to. Um, they they wanted a receiver to replace Emmanuel Sanders and they wanted a D lineman to replace Buckner. They kind of like had a couple boxes they had to
2: check, and they did it. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, if you just look at the draft from completely face value, which, by the way, is really all we're doing right now. Uh, Kevin and I haven't talked about what we want to say and what we wanted to talk about at all or hashed out any notes. The 49ers literally made their last pick of the first round, and we jumped on here and started recording. So there's no – pre-rehearsed stuff going on we're just kind of kind of like i said earlier shooting from the hip and kind of just picking apart these picks as we heard about them so um but yeah i mean number i mean john lynch does another john lynch and and trades back one pick right somehow and gets gets a fourth rounder for doing it now i'm assuming you know the the bucks called and all john lynch had to say to them was somebody else is trying to trade up to the same spot so you have to make the deal sweet enough. So that we don't, you know, we don't take that deal. And, you know, we obviously like the fact that we're only moving back one spot. I'm assuming they knew that they weren't going to take the player that they wanted. So they were comfortable doing it. But, yeah, the 49ers traded back one spot. So they picked at 14 and got a fourth-round pick. And then ended up using that fourth-round pick to trade up and get Brandon Ayuk uh, at the, with the 25th pick. So I got it right here. with In that pick, the 49ers traded from 31 to 25. And they also gave up pick 117 in the fourth round and pick 176, which I'm assuming is in the fifth round, but I'm not, I'd have to, you know, I have to go yeah, look yeah, at the no, whole yeah. chart.
3: But no, the, the, the value makes sense there. And yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was a maneuvering pick. I don't know what Tampa's thinking. Did Kyle have them convinced they were going to take the
2: the tackle there? Um, really? I just I just yeah. think that I think they had him convinced that somebody else was gonna take that tackle. Okay, back. that they were and gonna trade.
3: Yeah, yeah. Tampa somebody was gonna, was, gonna was
2: gonna get that guy with that pick. And if it wasn't the Bucks, the 49ers were gonna trade back with somebody else. And I think the 49ers were happy enough with that that fourth round pick that they were like, sure. Cool. And they also they also gave up a seventh router in that mm-hmm. pick. So overall the 49ers have shed themselves mm-hmm. of dang it, I I, I left that the trade compensation page they've shed themselves of like three of their picks with these trades sort of no they lost two but gained one but then gave it back so yeah they overall they have two picks less now than they started with which is interesting it's just been it it was just it was an interesting round and what's what's interesting too is everybody expected the 49ers to trade out of that 31st pick just because people are always trying to trade back into the first round to get somebody and get oh, that yeah. fifth year option, right? And and the, and the second round, third round, fourth rounders that
3: they don't have. So that was the weird spot, um, yeah, with, with the whole picks. But I, Rob, I wanted to dive into your skin law as the player too. Um, you know the the maneuvering of the picks. It, it's kind of the forty ers mo now with John Lynch. They they do this on draft day. They move around a little bit. They try to get two assets on the first day. They normally. End up doing that, and they, they do it today too. Um, Kinlaw to me, man, my first takeaway is that he's just disruptive, and like they, they need this disruptiveness. Um, they lose it with the Forrest Buckner who takes on two blockers, and they lose him in the run game. and They needed Kinlaw to, to come in here and be disruptive, and that matters more to the football team than Kyle finding a player with, with huge upside at wide receiver. Kyle believes he can create upside on offense for, for the entire unit for all 11 players Kyle thinks he's in control more of the offense so this is a team philosophy here getting a player like Kinlaw who can be disruptive in the middle and replace the Forrest Buckner they prioritized that in my opinion and thought Kinlaw fit that need and was a bigger fit for this team than Judy or CeeDee Lamb so the 49ers fans reacted I think kind of negatively to this pick and I just point back to trusting Kyle Shanahan. He's missed on Dante Pettis before he, he thought this player was not going to be available later, 10 picks later and Kinlaw, if he can be DeForest Buckner, they end up saving a lot of money here. So um, yeah, you know, the, the trades to me are not the big story. I wanted to just dive right into the player because, and the philosophy, the philosophy to me tonight is the big takeaway and they still get the receiver, you know, t- later in the, in the draft here, but you know, they, they prioritize getting that defensive player. And it
2: just it shows to me that Kyle, this is how he's going to build a football team. Right. I think he has enough confidence in himself. And, and that's not to say the 49ers offense wouldn't benefit from adding like an elite talent. Like we saw what Kyle Shanahan was able to do with a good quarterback and Matt Ryan and elite playmakers all around him. And, you know, he created a historically good offense. But at the same time, I think Kyle Shanahan knows that, if he can keep that defense as close to elite as possible they'll win a lot of games because he just has as much enough confidence in whoever's on his offense that he will be able to generate enough points i mean and they did and you know they by any means obviously they had a good host of running backs and some decent receivers along with george players
3: on this team are going to be more like they're not going to be core pieces just the way that they've been drafting and with maclinchy as as well, too. And they have taken receivers early for for sure. Um, but, you know, C.D. Lamb or Judy, just because they're sexy and coming from a big school and have touchdowns and playmaking ability, fans wanted that pick. And, and that is not what Kyle sees for his offense. You know, it was, yeah, it, it was just clear tonight. Like th- the fans had a couple picks in mind and the 49ers had a couple picks in mind. It feels like the 49ers are walking away happy that they they replaced DeForest Buckner and Emmanuel Sanders tonight in their, their opinion with you know um, players of, of equal caliber. If if that happens, they're back in the Super Bowl. If if Ayuk and Kinlaw can come in and contribute at that ability, now that's a big ask of rookies. And so that's that's the whole thing here. Can first round pick that like Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch may come in and make big impacts right away? Debo got better and better as the season went along. Dante Pettis was good his first season, not good the second. Uh, it, you know, Kittle has come in and made explosions. You, you never know how these players are going to develop. But how these guys project, the 49ers are basically saying, you know, Ayuk is going to start, I think, with this pick, with the wide receiver they took tonight. Ayuk is going to start, and Kenlaw should be starting. If these players aren't starting, um, you know, something happened uh in training camp or something didn't click I I think we'll see where there's competition on the roster but
2: these picks to me seem like they're going to make a big impact this season oh yeah no I mean there's no doubt about it and what's interesting about the Kinlaw pick is if you look at his you know his pluses and his minuses as a player you'll feel like you might be reading DeForest Buckner's kind of bio. He's not as tall, but he he has the same types of plus and minuses, positives and negatives. He has, you know, this this unique build and a lot of power. Sometimes he allows his leverage to get away from him. He gets a little too tall. He's got, you know, he's got all these like these traits that remind probably remind the 49ers of DeForest Buckner. And then you've got a, a defensive line that's still going to have Eric Armstead and a coach that's used to coaching guys like that and will probably be able to uh to coach Kinlaw up relatively quickly um, to turn him into what they you know what what they saw in Buckner. Now, obviously, there's going to be some time where that's going to have to trend upward, and I doubt he immediately comes in. And you know, we'll see what Chris Caser can get out of him. But it was um, it's just interesting that it, you basically look at the 49ers' first round and they replaced both of their free agent losses. And what do they save? Probably 70 million between the two of them. You know, it's if you look at Emmanuel Sanders contract and DeForest Buckner's contract and the difference those players are going to be making throughout the course of that contract per year. It's it's just interesting. And then you have uh Brandon Ayuk who's who's really kind of not even fully developed yet. He came out of like the JUCO level and he had two solid years at Arizona State, and he's really like a player that's kind of trending up um but he's already got a lot to like he's he's not that far removed from like a Debo Samuel type of player very similar
3: very simple
2: Debo he has similar speed um but he still has a knack for for beating guys deep I mean you saw him win that game against against Oregon uh last year with that huge touchdown catch right towards the end of the game to kind of put it away and, but he's um he's a monster after the catch. And and what's like I said, what's interesting is that he might be one of those players that's only gonna get better. And you know, despite the fact that he only he only ran a four or five 40 yard dash, and that might not have been his best his best 40 yard dash, but he still finds a way to beat guys deep. So he's, Yo, to he's be honest, cool. listen,
3: he, he reminds me of Dante Pettis and Debo and Ayuk. They're they're the same. Look at the punt returning that they do, look at their college tape. Kyle literally has I, I think a type here. There's not Kyle's not lining up one big receiver on the left and one small receiver on the right. He has a type of receiver. He likes with footwork and their hands and their ability to run after the catch. And I, as weird as it sounds, it seems like he's going to be very similar to Debo. And if he does Debo like production, that's great for this offense. Who knows what these receivers and that's what Kyle kind of showed me with how they went with Kinlaw first is that he valued getting that piece first and that they were going to figure out receiver later or figure out whatever that pick they were going to hope I was going to be there. Um, so yeah, I, I have high hopes for Ayuk. It's harder to tell with receivers I, and you know, Solomon Thomas was obviously a bust too. It's hard to tell with everyone, but it, it really feels like Kinlaw you know he's got some issues with his knees. He's got some issues with pad level. He's six five. It's he's he's got to learn a little bit how to play in, in the in the NFL. I just think on this D line, as you've pointed out, Rob, with Bosa, with uh, Armstead coming back, with DJ Jones, the rotation here is is going to be strong enough. It's not like he's going to be asked to create havoc. There's already going to be havoc going on. He's going to plug into havoc. I think really really well. I'm going to favorite a lot of tweets from 49ers fans who are very sour in my mentions right now because I think this team is still going to be 10-6 and 6 next year, right in the thick of things. Although Arizona is a lot better, man. Seattle is going to be there. This is definitely the toughest division in football. I'm walking away from tonight leaning positive towards the 49ers picks here and trusting that Kyle and John Lynch and the scouting department are getting things right because they have been for the
2: most part with their evaluation. All right, so we will get right back to um, our draft takes. But before that, we got to get a quick word in from our sponsors, Bet Online. We all know that there's currently no NBA, no NHL, no MLB. and, And so you might think that there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. They also have an online casino that's got poker, blackjack. They'll bring Vegas to you. Oh, wait, we're We're thinking about doing a,
3: you know, a bet online blue wire poker tournament. If you play Texas Hold'em, be on the Uh lookout for prizes and charity, you know, to raise money for the pandemic that's going on. Uh, So be on the lookout. Old, I I used to play these back in like 2004, Chris Moneymaker days. We're talking Texas Hold'em, two card poker. But yeah, shout out to Bet Online for riding with us during this time. Our audience is riding with us too.
2: Right. So if you if you hit up Bet Online, make sure you're just using the code uh BlueWire, because that's gonna let them know you're coming from here. And join today and they're gonna give you a welcome bonus. And that'll have to do with however much money you put in. But Bet Online is your online wagering solution. So hit them up. And again, make sure you're using that promo promo code BlueWire to uh, to show your support. Um, but yeah. So I mean, yeah. I really didn't expect the 49ers to make two picks today. I'm a bit surprised that they did. I thought for sure. They were, they were bailing out of pick 31 to try and get a few more picks. But, you know, I think that their line of thinking right now is – is, is our, and, and we'll see how they adjust over time. But our roster is really strong. The window is still open. We can make another run at a Super Bowl. We don't need a ton of draft, uh, draft picks, and we don't need a ton of new players. Uh, we also don't have the salary cap to absorb a ton of new players, especially earlier round picks. Let's just get a couple of guys – that we know and that we're expecting to come in and have an impact right away. And then they have three more picks left in the draft, a fifth, a sixth, and a seventh rounder. Exactly. And, you know, yeah. I'll,
3: hold on, Rob. I just want to just chime in just to, on top of that. These players are coming into a system that's already developed, so IU doesn't have to be a star next year for this team to be good. And same with Kinloch. If As long as they're contributors and, and playing up to a comparable level to their replacements, Sanders and Buckner – in a rotation with a group that this coaching staff can figure it out. So I mean, it's a big ask of the rookies, but I like they're coming into a stable situation, unlike what you know uh, Dante Pettis came into two years ago with Nick Mullins and 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 all that going on. And, and you know that's a bad comparison maybe, but it's it, it's this roster feels set for these first round picks. I feel like they're they can come in and not have too much pressure and still be able to perform.
2: Well, I, I like what the 49ers seem to be doing with with Brandon Ayuk and the fact that they can, they can have Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk on either side of the formation. And both of those are guys that could threaten you both vertically uh, and horizontally. And, and the moment you see one of those guys go in motion, the entire defense is going to have to take note of that. And, exactly. and last they, year – Yeah, they both can do the screen passes and they both can go deep. So you can you, – they're interchangeable, which I like. Right, yeah, and if if Kyle Shanahan has a has a very specific way, he wants to run his offense, and they did pick up Travis Benjamin, who if if anything, can be a deep threat, if you feel like you need a deep threat, but again, these guys have shown that they can beat defensive deep, and I mean it's just an interesting mix of players. It's like instead of getting somebody to compliment Debo Samuel, they got somebody who is another Debo Samuel in a way and and I'm just very interested to see how Kyle Shanahan's going to use that you know, in his, in his playbook and how often he's just going to, I mean, we already saw that he motions receivers more than anybody else in the NFL. So now having two guys that the defense is going to genuinely have to respect that motion. Uh, it's interesting. It's interesting. And I, I you know, I, I don't know half as much about Kyle Shanahan as creating plays, but I'm looking forward to seeing what he does with, with two guys like that.
3: I'm going to put my critical hat on. Cause I, I like to do that. And just like from the other side of the coin, from the people who don't like the picks from their angle, if Judy goes to become a star in Denver or CeeDee Lamb in Dallas, and IUK is kind of just a contributor. They're going to say, is Kyle leaning too much on his philosophy? Like, is he being stubborn? Does he need to put stars on his offense? He's just essentially saying, I can make people stars. Um, so I, I see why some 49ers fans are upset. And then the other thing to bring up is all the O-linemen that went, um, I guess like, the 49ers could have took. Tur- Worfs. Worfs could have been a good fit mayoka was on KNBR and said joe staley it's up in the air he's returning um the 49ers o line is not in a bad spot at all but it could have been an area where the 49ers could have went o line too um and instead of d line and you know they would have to figure that out or or instead of wide receiver later so you're putting on my critical lens as we go and look at this draft later it's hard to tell henry Ruggs was the first receiver off the board the 49ers could have taken any of the receivers and they could have gotten worse and so they end up with Kinlaw and IU. Um I, I honestly think CD Lamb's going to be a star and he would have had star potential in Kyle's offense. I would have loved to hear Kyle's reasoning for not taking CD Lamb or or Judy. That that if if we got to a peak in the 49ers draft room Someone like Lynch or someone's got to ask Kyle, why didn't we take one of these superstar wide receivers? I think that's the biggest question mark coming away from this draft for, for 49ers fans is why why doesn't Kyle want a superstar wide receiver? Or or or, or is IU going to be that? Um, you know, I, Just looking at the tape, to me, CeeDee Lamb and, and Judy seem like better prospects. And I think a lot of people would agree with that.
2: I don't I don't think there's any doubt of that. I think there. for a moment my mic was muted there, so I had to like recover quickly. Um, I don't I don't think there's any doubt that that Judy and CeeDee Lamb are better prospects. I just think I, I feel like the 49ers probably felt like the drop-off in defensive linemen was a bit more steep than the drop-off with ride wide receivers. So I'm sure the 49ers gave plenty of thought to whether it was Jerry Judy or CD lamb or another situation to to contemplate is maybe the 49ers were planning on taking Henry Ruggs, and he was taken right before their pick. So, you know, maybe that was their guy. And given he flew off the board um, with and went to the Raiders, maybe they had to kind of go into to to option B and, and I'm assuming they just felt like the draft, the drop off from defensive tackle from 13 to 31 or wherever they were going to pick was more severe than the drop-off at wide receiver, and Kyle Shanahan probably yeah. had some guys that he thought he liked. But like you said, man, if, if, if Jerry Judy blows up, because he was my favorite wide receiver in the draft, if CeeDee Lamb blows up and Javon Kinlaw uh, kind of just is, you know, somewhere middle of the road and, and same thing for Iruk, then that's what everybody's going to be looking at, is the fact that they could have just flipped the script, taking a defensive tackle at 31, and gotten either jerry judy or cd lamb because they've been
3: and- out on michael thomas in, in past drafts and, and they've you know we're, we're hoping that debo can remain this good year after year um and i don't know it feels like they're either trigger shy on wide receivers or yeah like like you said and i kind of said earlier too that they they just felt like the value was there with kinlaw and this is just me putting on my critical lens because i do like these picks but you know we we're all going to evaluate these draft classes later. This is a crapshoot for sure, but understanding their thinking here, um it just seems like yeah, Kyle thinks he can tip the scale. Last year remember this offense? Like there, there were some games they were anemic, but there were some games they were, this offense was on fire where where they were putting up 35 and 40 points. Um I I just have fa- I do have faith in the offense and I if they didn't replace Buckner, I think they would have felt it on the field more. then even if Ayuk doesn't give him enough. So I think, um, yeah, they're really going to bank on on Kinlaw here.
2: Uh, Well, and they're they're in a good position too where they can can allow Kinlaw – Kinlaw doesn't have to play nearly as many snaps as DeForest Buckner was playing when he was a rookie. Um, I'm assuming DJ Jones is going to come back healthy and be able to take on a much more significant share of the snaps than he was taking even when he was healthy because no one was getting DeForest Buckner off the field. So DJ Jones just wasn't seeing a lot of time. And and from the limited time he did got did get, he was pretty impressive. So him coming back in and being able to share that time with, with Kinlaw, I, I mean, I, I'm presuming that, that they'll kind of rotate. Uh, you know, that's a good situation for a rookie to fall in on, kind of like Eric Armstead's first season with the 49ers, where he didn't play, you know, he played like half the snaps. So um, it, it'll be interesting. But I feel like the 49ers were just attached to the way they won, and they should be in 2019 like dominant defense uh super disruptive defensive front you can't double team anybody and if it you worked. do you're gonna have problems like they just wanted to keep that going look, and i look I, look, look, right. look the packers just drafted
3: jordan love because the 49ers wrecked aaron Rodgers' game plan they can't beat the packers can't beat the 49ers if their d-line is this good that's basically what the packers said by drafting jordan love in the first round today that they're gonna have to move on from Aaron Rodgers, he's not mobile enough for how good the the 49ers D-line is or the Vikings D-line or some of the best teams in the NFC normally have some of the best D-lines. It's a common denominator, and the 49ers somehow unloaded DeForest Buckner and still feel like they have one of the best D-lines in the league. So, we, you know, 49ers fans should wake up Friday morning here feeling like, hey, the NFC is still up for grabs next year. We still are one of the favorites without a doubt.
2: And when it comes to receivers, like I have my own, you know, traits that I that I covet, you know, and that I've talked to with Crocker a lot about. Um, but at the same time, Kyle Shanahan was a wide receiver. He knows how to evaluate wide receivers. He knows what he wants. That's not to say that he's just going to be surefire, because obviously Dante Pettis hasn't necessarily worked out. But at the same time, we really, track, really, really, really quickly, I mean, uh, or you know, Pierre Garcon arguably didn't. I mean, it's Kyle's
3: track record with receivers is actually it's up. And down, and it's right very down.
2: Well, I mean, I I never, I would never give him grief for the Pierre Garcon. That guy was on absolute fire until he got hurt. You know, he hurt his neck, and that was the end of that season. And you know, I guess you could say that's what that's what you're going to get when you take a risk on an older player. Um, but at the same time, I mean, he was lighting it up. And the weird thing is, I mean, with Dante Pettis, it's still really weird because there was, you know, during that last little portion of his rookie season, he was just on fire, and everybody was like, "Holy moly!" Like Dante Pettis is legit. And I don't know what happened. I have no idea what happened that changed him. I just know I watched him have the the, one of the worst off seasons I've ever seen a player have before this 2019 season. And I knew something was up. I, I just couldn't put my finger on it. And, you know, and with Trent Taylor, like the dude, if you look at his college stats, like the guy was an absolute rock for like four years, never missed more than like a game, a season. And then, you know, obviously when he gets to the pros, he he looks solid, but he's just had some tough luck. So I don't know, but that's how it goes. And I've told people on the Striking Gold podcast that like GMs have the same, um, what's the best way of putting this? Margin of error as like a baseball player. Like if a baseball player hits over 300, they're considered great. Same thing with like a GM. You know, if if, if the GM hits on over one third of his picks, he's considered solid. If you just go back and look at things through history so I, I don't know it's just interesting i try not to overreact to these picks right now yeah no um, i mean it, this is mostly the same team
3: coming back next year in my opinion with you know fans evo defo and sans emmanuel sanders it's it's pretty much the same team coming back which is great news um it's always fun to kind of relook at the schedule now that all these draft picks have happened the 49ers will be playing at dallas this year at the patriots don't know who the, their quarterback's going to be yet at the saints that's always going to be a tough game at the the new york giants they're going to be a better football team and then at the jets you're not scared of them um buffalo <laughs> buffalo bills at home packers at home i mean it, dolphins at home too it could be starting eagles redskins this is a schedule where the Niners are going to be favored in a lot of their games, but it's still not an easy schedule besides the Jets. And then, well, especially
2: when you look at what the division is doing. Oh, yeah. Man, the and Cardinals the Cardinals made out. Oh, yeah. The division is going to be the toughest division in football. Right. I mean, the Cardinals sat there at eight and had Isaiah Simmons fall into their lap, which I cannot believe. Like, if this were a different draft where there weren't quite so many quarterback needy teams, like, Isaiah Simmons is, is like a top three prospect like he's just an absolute freak that can do everything like i mean everything he can play safety he can play linebacker he can play edge rusher he's six four 240 yeah, pounds he's got derwin james
3: vibes coming off of him he the the cardinals might be the most improved football team in the offseason which is and they were giving
2: the 49ers a run for their money last year
3: Kyler's so, going to be better in year 2. Everyone just saw Cliff Kingsbury's house now everyone wants to
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean was that the story of the night that the that... it was <laughs> Yeah, that was such a that was such a huge flex, man. Like that was, oh, wow. but it was totally legit.
3: Right next to the Bengals guy, the, the Bengals new coach. I can't even
2: Zach Taylor, and he's like in some fake looking office. <laughs> right, it looked like an office space he rented from one of those little places that's got a bunch of them, and he just put up a little Bengals like banner, like he was going to be on TV. It was kind that of, was, uh, it was such a weird it was creepy slash kind of funny and cool to see like everyone's house during the NFL draft.
3: Like that was one of the, the, the fun aspects of the virtual thing. Nothing's fun about the pandemic, obviously, but uh, you know, getting a peek at Kyle's setup, people's kids running in um, you know, some of the stuff with Goodell was cliche obviously, but I, all in all, the the draft drug on a little bit, but it was, it was really nice to have something live and back on. So I, um, I think everyone enjoyed it for that.
2: Um, Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was, it was interesting to just watch something NFL again. Like it's just, it's hard to say, obviously the draft happened the same time it happens everywhere every year, but it it just felt different this year, given everything that's going on and you know, the change and how they do it. I mean, I guess everything went smooth for all the talk of, of how horribly this was going to go and all those mistakes that were going to happen. I mean, it, it took them probably a little bit longer to get picks in, but it, it was just a normal draft. Guess what? You know, well, outside of the stage. I, I talked to random agents. I still talk to people in the business.
3: There's half of them. that say they don't think NFL is going to be get played at all this year. And there's half that thinks the NFL is so stubborn. They're going to figure this out and quarantine everyone together in, in one spot. Um, and, and, possibly play all nights of the week i i don't know what's gonna happen but <laughs> yeah i know that it could actually be awesome uh know. Out every night sorry honey uh busy uh right so but i but you were I, busy yesterday it, i
2: think they're gonna power through and figure out how to play i i, I wonder i mean i've heard that you know the like government type officials say that you know maybe the nfl season will go on but there won't be anybody in the stands and that to me is is a scarier, not a scarier prospect, but a weirder prospect than the season not happening. It's almost because, like a horror
3: movie. It's it feels weird. Right.
2: Well, it's just like you have all these season ticket holders who I would presume would get their money back because they're not allowed to go to games and oh yeah, and of like course. Of you know course. the NFL would give like them money back a hundred percent. And you'd be dealing with no, like imagine like all oh, of a yeah, sudden traveling to Seattle doesn't matter <laughs> because oh. there's no fans. I know, no, exactly. It's gonna be the
3: it's gonna be the craziest sports year of all time, to be honest. And like, we're truly gonna learn about home field advantage. You know what I mean? Like, it it's it, it's not gonna matter at all. I mean, they're gonna to have to. I'm assuming they're gonna like go to Dallas or somewhere like that, and all like rent out like the whole hotel, all the hotels in the city for the for the whole league, um, and just like. I don't know how they're going to do it. They're going to have to go somewhere with
2: a bunch of football fields. Yeah, they might play on high school fields. I have no fucking idea. This is yeah, – I know. If I mean, if a crowd's not involved, you could you could almost play anywhere. But it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. One thing I do want to mention, though, before we get too far off the topic of the 49-inch draft picks is uh, on my Twitter, I I retweeted a video of – did you see that of Von Miller reacting yeah, no, that was to? Great. I saw you retweet that. I retweeted you I, that. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't know if Von Miller has any sort of ties to Javon Kinlaw or or South Carolina. Did he, he? didn't go to South Carolina, did he? No. I don't. Okay. So it's like, you know, for him to react like that. Essentially, if you haven't seen the video, Von Miller like lost his mind and was really upset about the fact that the 49ers took uh, took Javon. Um, Kinlaw. Sorry. Just. Kinlong. Yeah, just really just space. It's been a long day, okay? Yeah, it's Saturday night, bro. Come on, it's the draft. Right. Devon Kinlaw, uh, we're, we're all learning new people. Keep, keep going. Right. And, he's, and he's basically just upset that the 49ers took it, but he keeps calling them greedy, which obviously is funny because the 49ers have taken five players along the defensive front over the last six years. That video and,
3: should make Nick Bosa so happy because Von Miller wanted this guy to clean up the middle for him so Von Miller could get one on one the outside so this is super exciting to see
2: von miller upset that he's not getting this piece um, right and i think and Lockhart has a lot of push too which which is good for stunts you know and and nick bosa's probably like cool man i'll be right behind you you yeah, know it's I mean, it'll be interesting this isn't solomon thomas guys this guy's
3: 324 pounds and he's physically disruptive michael brockers to me feels like a good player like the more i watch this guy he feels like michael brockers you can play him mostly inside he can flip Outside on D-end in big packages, I I like the versatility of him. He's a little tall and pad level is going to be a key word with him you're going to hear with coaches. He plays too high sometimes. He stands up like a linebacker. They're going to have to get him lower. But, I yeah, I'm I'm Team Kinlaw, and I think some 49ers fans are going to delete their old tweets here. They're going to delete their receipts. When this guy has, like, six and a half sacks next year, like, really contributes. I All right. I'm, I'm feeling it.
2: Yeah. I mean I mean it's it's interesting. I mean I've obviously a big wide receiver guy. I was excited that the 49ers finally took a receiver in the first round. Um they haven't done that in quite some time. When is the last receiver they took in the first round? My uh AJ Jenkins, you know, knock on wood, that I just had to say that name, but You know, the 49ers finally took a receiver in the first round, and and that shows a lot of confidence. I'm sure the 49ers had interesting offers at pick 31 to trade back, something that would give them more picks. But instead of doing that, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch had enough interest in Brandon Ayuk to trade up, which no one thought they were going to do. Twitter's reaction when the 49ers were on the clock at 25 was hilarious. Everybody was like, wait, what? Which is yeah. You know that just goes to show you what everybody expected. No, it, um, it shows you the Forty ers value that fifth year option too. If
3: they can turn IU into a really good player, guess what? That fifth year option they thought they were going to get extra picks picks for from someone else. Forty ers want that fifth year option for a good player. So I, I get it if it pans out. I think receivers are really a roll of the dice. I was pretty sure CD Lamb was going to be a star. He could get hurt a lot. I I, I don't know. Kyle's thinking there. I really. Would want to hear why he did not take C.D. Lamb. Other than that, I'm
2: pretty happy with the draft. All right? Yeah. I don't. I mean, I I'm I'm fine with it. I can see their logic. I don't have too much to tear apart right now. But to that point, there's not really much to tear apart right now until we see these guys get out there and do their thing, and we'll see what kind of players they develop into. You know, obviously, everybody has their. And that's what I cautioned everybody towards when we recorded on Tuesday was, you know, have your draft crushes and, and have your players you want the 49ers to take, but when they don't take them because the odds are good and they're not going to, don't allow it to wreck your outlook on what these players might be capable of doing, what, you know, oh, I mean, the they, reason the 49ers such an emotional NFL Fanboy, honestly, if you're listening to this podcast, really
3: pissed off at the Niners right now, you need to realize they were in the Super Bowl last year. You should probably trust these decision makers. I I used to really criticize these guys, or like really put my glasses on, like what what are they doing here? And now I see the light. I see what they're doing. They they are proving their philosophy here. This is the type of player that they want. They doubled down with Kinlaw and IU on their philosophy. Um it all makes sense to me, Rob, and I pray that there's football this season. And I just pray for everyone that you know. I'm thinking, praying that everyone's better, man. It's freaking losing my mind here too, and I, I, I want people to stop getting sick and, and passing away. It's really sad. So, um, yeah, Th- thinking of everyone out there. Ho- hopefully, our listeners, your families are safe. I
2: hope no one's affected. If you are, my thoughts are going out to you. Yeah, and I think that's a uh, I think that's a good note to end on. I mean, thirty five quick little minutes, uh, instant reaction off off the 49ers' first round draft picks is pretty solid. Um, but yeah, like Kevin saying, hey, I've said to you guys this before: uh, the coronavirus impacted my family, immediate family, personally. Uh, it's for real. It's you know, if it hasn't gotten to you yet, uh, hopefully it doesn't. That's what I'll say. But but I have personal experience with it, and it's for real. Luckily, you know, everybody's healthy. But you know, that was just a real wake-up call that this isn't something this isn't a myth. This isn't something that, you know, it's not political, that's for sure. I've seen way too much of that crap. So Mm -hmm. just stay inside and hopefully this will this will blow over. And like Kevin said, we get some sort of an NFL season this year because I I don't know, I might go insane if we don't get that. Yeah, I
3: mean, so there's gonna be no OTAs, guys. Of course we're gonna keep podcasting and we're gonna think of innovative ways. We we might take look back on on the Kyle Shanahan era. We're we're going to do some interesting storytelling things. We've started to experiment in some other blue wire feeds, so uh you will still be getting content here uh no matter what with or without sports. So thanks for riding with us.
2: Yep. And that's uh that's it for another episode of Striking Gold, guys. Um it is Thursday and um at, we might come back at you on Saturday after the final, yeah. and, you know, maybe I'll throw my hat in the ring. I'll come back at back to you guys on Saturday. Maybe Kevin will be here. Maybe Croco will be here and um, we'll get after it and we'll see what this draft class ends up being. But as always, I always got to give a shout out to you guys, everybody listening right now, this would not be possible without you guys tuning in and making it uh, worthwhile and uh, making it successful. So shout out to the, uh, the striking gold audience. I appreciate you guys. Um, Hit me up on Twitter. Let me know what you guys think. Let me Give me your thoughts. You know, yeah. a lot of you guys have already been in my mentions, which is, you know, positive, negative, doesn't matter. Hit me up, at Rob underscore louder. Kevin, what's your, what's your handle? Mr. Underscore Kevin Jones. Everyone always knows I criticize the
3: hell out of that handle, but I can't <laughs> I verify down. I don't. Yeah, so Mr.
2: Underscore. You don't want to mess with that, bro. Kevin, you don't want to no, mess with Kevin, that.
3: What was that going to be? Kevin Jones 31694.
2: I, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> All right, right, guys. I appreciate you. Thank you for being here, and we will catch you Saturday after the final round of the 2020 NFL Draft. This is Strike and Gold, signing out. Peace.